0: Good morning, Armour Insiders. Welcome to the morning meeting of our virtual hedge fund. Thanks for joining me and starting your day this way. I'm going to share with you thoughts on the market sell-off and where I think it's taken us, how we're going to respond to it. Then we're going to highlight two um, groups that we're focusing on as we start building some positions this year uh, and how I'm changing the portfolio a little bit. So as always, please remember, You're the portfolio manager on the desk. Take the information, make it your own, be the smart money. Figure out your risk tolerance, your goal, and then execute that strategy. So diving right in, um, NASDAQ 100. It's trading in between these green lines in here, which is the targeted um, move off of this risk monitor green entry point. It's right down near um, the 25-day moving average. So, you know, it's make or break here on the market three down days in a row in a big uptrend is not unheard of. It starts to get bigger than that. And obviously something else is afoot. So we um, may be stopped out of uh, index positions in here, or it will revert. The algo may revert to the 50 day moving average, depending on how this plays out. uh, And we'll give it a little bit more room. What we are doing is raising more cash in the portfolio over the last couple of days, simply because stops are being hit. So on the rip higher, we just keep moving stops up and we know we're gonna give some back off the top. That's just the way the market is. We're not guessing what the top is. We roll our stops up, they get hit, we raise cash. And we say, okay, that's the money we made from that entry point. And then we look for the next setup. So what I'm doing in here is continuing to reduce exposure or remove exposure based on stops that are hit Um, But I am beginning to build up the exposure in the NASDAQ and the S&P. We sold some of the NASDAQ and the S&P right at the top on the 28th of December. And so I'm beginning to roll that back into those positions right at these key locations. So three down days in a row, I added a little bit on the S&P right in here. I'll be looking to add more down this white line of an uptrend or around the 25-day the moving average. So that'll be one thing I'll do. I'll add more to that position. I won't be selling it. I'll be adding to it down there. Or it won't get down there. It'll hold here, reverse, and give us a, um, a, a um, you know, follow-on buy trigger, and I'll be adding at higher prices. So I just don't know where we're going to go from here. I added a little bit yesterday at the end of the day. Same thing with the NASDAQ. I added a little bit at the end of the day uh, and I just, I got more to add. So if the, the stop ends up being down here and it's a dynamic stop. So I can't exactly tell you where that's going to be. You could look at that as the most aggressive uptrend, but I think you can also look at the 50 day moving average. I mean, that, that to me is the, is the real, um, spot where we're going to look for support in the market and then, boom, start to go the other way. So somewhere between here and the 50, I think a reversal is coming. If it takes out the 50, then obviously we'll be risk monitor red. We'll be back into 100% cash or however much cash. Let's call it max cash uh, that somebody wants to carry. And the story will be different. But as of right now, totally expected sell-off for a couple days to start the new year after a rip last year and probabilities would favor at this moment a correction a shakeout before the next leg higher as opposed to something more nefarious so that's the stock market as i see it some of the highlights in in the market you got to say biotechs and pharmaceutical are holding up incredibly well there's ibb i mean it's almost doesn't even know the market's down you know xbi they had down days yesterday but obviously the patterns are phenomenal, and they continue to look good. Eli Lilly breaking out again. Um, we're considering some of the beat-up pharmaceuticals for the dividend play. Crystal Myers and Pfizer come to mind, although I'm not putting those positions on yet. Um, AbbVie is starting to look good again as it's, as it's breaking out. So there's a lot of strength in pharmaceutical and biotech, and that's another piece to the puzzle of is there something awful happening to the market? Is it massive risk off or is it just rotation? Right now, it's just rotation. Some of the big names selling off, just repositioning of portfolios at the start of the year. It happens all the time, particularly after a big run in Q4. So not a big surprise. Here's another um, index. Um, and this is you know um, kind of like a highlighted uh, uh, part of our portfolio now. We're, we're starting to really build up some of our energy exposure. You got to buy energy when it's down in the base, right on top of the base, closest to the stop. You have this big wedge here. It tried to break out. It did break out. It's come back down, met the uptrend, met all the major moving averages. This is XOP, US e companies. The reward to risk is optimal here. I talk about reward to risk. We use algorithms that are probability algorithms. That means they don't, it's not a crystal ball. We don't, We don't expect to make money on every trade. What we're trying to do in every investment, we're trying to find the best entry point for an investment when reward's worth the risk. That's all we're trying to do. And we just keep putting capital to work that way. We get stopped out, we get stopped out. Stop is tight. We go back to cash. We think about what's happening to the situation. We put it back on the whiteboard and watch for another entry point. Um, But if this is the entry point for energy and the move begins here, this is the ideal reward to risk. Uh, uh, setup. The risk is small to the stop. The reward is that something big is beginning to to uh, occur in energy as money shifts back into that space. And so we added shares of um, twice uh, the performance of the bigger cap energy, and that's ERX. So we got XOP, which is US EMP companies, and they tend to be a little bit smaller and mid cap. Then we have ERX, which is twice the big names: Exxon, Chevron, Schlumberger, that kind of stuff. I always like to use um, ETFs over individual stocks if I can cover an entire group. I'll use individual stocks if there's not really an ETF that covers it. I'll give you an example. I'd rather own SOX. Gives me the entire semiconductor index. And we already booked our profit there and we're already gone from that trade. It was a great trade. And we owned SOXL, which tripled the performance of the whole index. And we had a great trade versus buying something like Mobileye, which is down 25% today because they've you know readjusted uh, expectations for 2025. And I'm not picking on Mobileye. I'm just saying there's an example. Mobileye's on the whiteboard. Could be a good idea. Stock's down 25% as they come out and say um, there's an inventory glut. I, I, I mean, I just don't need that kind of risk. So every now and then, sure, I'll trade an idea like ARM, right? We got long ARM off this trade here, and we made some nice money in ARM. Okay, so I'm not saying I won't trade it, but the bulk of my capital, I'd rather just have in a big ETF that covers the whole space. And if I want more risk, I go triple that ETF. Now I get all the semiconductor stocks. How many semiconductor stocks do you know are going to triple the index? I would say none because nobody knows that. You know what I'm saying? So all I have to do is get the group right, get the market right, and I get the performance. And I don't have to worry about waking up to an announcement that a company has stuffed the channel and now have an in, has an inventory problem. I, you know, I just totally get rid of that risk. There's all kinds of risk when we're investing. So our job is to try to limit the risk and still have the reward. And that's why I focus. So I could go out there and buy individual energy stocks or I could buy twice the performance of the whole group. I think energy is going up. That's the risk I'm willing to take. The 2X is the risk I'm willing to take and I'm getting rid of individual stock risk. So anyway, that goes right next to our XOP. Um, Waiting in the wings is OIH. Still looking at that. I might put that trade on too. This is a nice channel. We had it on. I took it off. I don't want to put it back on unless it literally breaks out. So it's got to go above 320. And that would be the last piece to the puzzle of energy for me. Don't forget, we're now long-term on AMLP. If you've been putting capital to work in AMLP with me, we've held this position for over a year. At a yield of eight uh, eight 8.8%, uh, the principal is up over 10%, and we're collecting 8.8% over a year, and we're long-term on the whole thing. So that's kind of the centerpiece uh, of our energy investment. And if you look at it, gosh, it's outperforming almost every other energy name, you know, group. Pipelines are like outperforming almost every other group. They're, they're in an uptrend. Everything else has gone like this. I mean, not that you can't find growth stocks that are up more. For sure you can. And you can trade energy stocks all day long. But when it comes to long-term investment, every time AMLP comes down to the bottom of this channel, I add a little bit more. You know, it's it's a fairly large part of my um, dividend portfolio now. Ariz mentions PBR. That looks like a great breakout coming uh, in the Brazilian stocks. So it it really looks like energy is starting to be a play again and there's rotation there. And so that's a focus of the portfolio. And let me wrap up with, and I and I don't want, I don't want any everybody sit down for this. Okay. I want everybody sit down. Make sure you got a glass of water next to you or something so you can you know breathe, breathe through what I'm about to say. And I'm looking at you, Chad. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Okay. Um I'm long MSOS for the first time in a long time in a significant way. I've taken a, you know, pretty significant position. Understanding that there's a lot of risks here. So everybody, this is the highlighted stock to watch, to buy, whatever you want to call it today on our trading desk. And it's MSOS. And I'm just going to walk you through why I'm doing this. Please proceed at your own risk. This might be completely outside of your risk tolerance. So do not invest if that's the case. I share with you what I do personally and how I run capital. Please be the smart money on your own and make a decision. But here's why I'm putting some money into MSOS. Let's categorize this as you know, the absolute. Ideal example of asymmetrical risk, to reward. There's just asymmetrical reward to risk in this position at this point. You're looking at a chart going back to 2021. We have avoided on our trading desk and in our investment portfolios, this entire collapse. Every now and then we gave it a shot. Our stops were tight. In some cases, we actually made some money trading it on the way down. But in most cases, we just didn't touch this asset all the way down from 2021 highs. Okay. So the first thing you're going to see is these three lines here. This is a Fibonacci fan sequence. I love Fibonacci fan sequences to mark a change in trend. There's a change in trend unfolding right now in MSOS, as it breaks that third downtrend line. What this really tells you is all of the holders have been wiped out of the stock and a whole new set of investors are beginning to put capital in. All the guys that you know from 2021, they're almost, if you were part of that Twitter sphere group of cannabis investors, it was so loud and obnoxious. And I was happy to join them all the way up there. We all made a lot of money on our desk all the way up there. Um, And then it ended and they kept shouting and screaming. And, and then the screams turned into screams of torture and pain. And, and now they're just flatlined. If you're on Twitter, it's just flatlined. Like the whole, the whole community is just completely capitulated. That's what the Fibonacci fan tells you. It's just completely capitulated. They don't think these stocks are ever going to go up now. They don't think anybody's going to do anything right in this space. They think these companies can't make any money. Like it it the negative rhetoric is so loud now, it's you know almost exactly what the positive rhetoric was at the highs. And so the Fibonacci fan tells you that all that's been wrung out. Okay. Now what I want you to see is the volume this black all these black lines down here is volume look at the volume difference starting in august look at look at the volume here and then all of a sudden the accumulation that's going on in the space and what you have and we're just looking at basic technical analysis here is a perfect bottoming wedge as you break the third fibonacci fan as volume comes into the group Something is cooking in cannabis. Now, my job is to get on the right side of probabilities when reward's worth risk. And the reward, I submit to you, is asymmetrical to the risk. Yesterday, they halted this stock. Stock halted, news pending. What was the news? The news was the DEA the powers that be, are continuing to discuss rescheduling. Halted, news pending, the stock is up because they're continuing to discuss? I submit to you this question. What do you think happens to the stock when they actually announce the rescheduling? If they're halting it because they're discussing and the stock is up, what is going to happen to this asset if, if and when they actually announce a rescheduling? What if they announce a deschedule? Put that in your proverbial pipe and smoke it, pun intended. What if they announce a de What if the reason why they're still discussing is because they're going to get to the point of saying, let's just deschedule this. Treat it like alcohol and tobacco, tax it, regulate it, we're done. Okay, it's a pipe dream. I, I get it, I get it. It's a pipe dream. I don't think that's going to happen. But that's asymmetrical reward to risk. Nobody thinks that's going to happen. What happens to the stock? Where do they open the stock if they actually were to say that? They're not going to say it, but I'm just, my point of this discussion with you is the reward is enormous. The risk hits the stop. I move on. Comes down, hits the stop. I'm out. Not a lot of risk. But if something good happens in here, this is a powder keg. I was concerned. This is how this is how far down the cannabis rabbit hole I fell. As I was walking to dinner last night, going to meet my sister, grab a bite to eat. Had a great time. And as I was thinking about this, the, the rabbit hole I fell down, I'm gonna take you down with me. Ready? Here we go. Let's go splunking. If the if the reschedule is something that we expect, then I expect MSOS to trade and behave accordingly. And I think money will be made on that first pop, and then we'll have to see what the rescheduling means and all that kind of stuff. So scenario one. They reschedule S3, things pop. I probably book some profits up there on the pop because we're going to have to figure out what that actually means for the companies if the FDA has to approve product and they're selling things the FDA hasn't approved yet. So I I don't know what that would mean, but I suspect higher prices. I mean, if they're going to halt this thing because they're discussing rescheduling, I imagine it's going to be up a lot. MSOS has counterparties. They don't actually have to own the shares of the companies, they work with Cowan and Company and Mellon Bank is the referee and it's a ledger and cash goes back and forth between the two at the end of the day based on pricing. Cowan does not have to have the shares to give to MSOS. They can just pass cash over. That's fine until a piece of news comes out that nobody expects and Cowan doesn't have the shares and the shares are wildly shorted and nobody can find the shares. Well, then the fine print says they're probably going to go like this. Mellon Bank will figure out a price and cash will change hands, but that will cap the upside. And so at some point, owning the top five names that are in MSOS is probably a safeguard if there's ever a descheduling announcement. Because I mean descheduling I think would blow the top off this thing. Nobody would know how to like price the stocks. So I just have MSOS right now. You know? That I'm thinking about if I were to ever increase the size of my exposure, I would probably do it by buying, actually buying the top five names in that index. To make sure I have some real shares in my hands and not, not a derivative of derivative. There, there's the rabbit hole I went down. Now let's get back to reality. It's just a trade. It's just another investment like any other. I'm putting some money into work right inside of a base. We have to get a breakout above 740 before this even gets started. Stop is the stop. I get stopped out, I'm out. So please, if you're listening to this and you run out there and you buy MSOS, please understand, if it reverses, takes out the stop, I'm gone. And all of the asymmetrical excitement means nothing if the stop gets taken out. So act accordingly. I hope you all have a wonderful trading session. Look forward to working with all of you on the desk. We'll get that started at 9.30. Everybody, please remember that you can do it. Be the smart money. All right? Take care, guys.